Welcome to the Nutrition-ish Podcast, the place for all things nutrition and mindfulness. We are passionate about guiding you to make peace with food and empower your body and brain. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Hobson. I'm an NTP, Nutritional Therapy Practitioner in San Diego. I work with individuals to assess personal nutritional deficiencies and imbalances by addressing the root cause of any health issue. In my private practice, I focus on women's hormones, gut health, and thyroid dysfunction. Let's meet my co-host. I'm Chelsea Gross, a certified transformational nutrition coach based in Los Angeles. I work one-on-one with women who are ready to break free from dieting, make peace with food, and create a life they love filled with energy, self-love, and freedom from rules and obsession. I'm also the creator of the ebook, Break Free from Disordered Eating. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is intended to be informative and entertaining and should not replace medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. We are so excited you're here. Let's get to the episode. You're listening to episode eight of the Nutrition-ish podcast. Hello, hello. Hey. How's it going? So good. I'm excited to be talking to you because it feels like a while because we've both been so busy. It has been a while. I feel like, I don't know, just so disconnected from you and so lost on my own. (laughs) (laughs) On my own. Oh, can you sing? I would feel like you could sing. Mm. So growing up, I could act and I could dance, but alas, I could not sing. Uh. I wanted to be a triple threat. I wanted to be on Broadway. I loved performing. I, I can't. No one in my family can sing, and it's something that has been a sore spot for me my entire life I wish I could (laughs) yeah I guess I just kind of grouped that into like that if you can act if you can dance then obviously you can sing if you're lucky yeah yeah I can do not so much I can dance yeah and then that's that's it I was a dancer or I mean I was in gymnastics my like entire life and then did cheer and choreography but you know I really want to get and I've been talking about this with my friends I'm like we need to get to a hip-hop class I'm like craving doing hip hop. It's been hip hop is my everything. That was always my favorite style of dance. I've done many a hip hop classes, and I, funny enough, we have not talked about this in depth because I need to dig into the fact that you were a gymnast because that is, I mean, the Summer Olympics and gymna- the gymnastics team is pretty much like a very large part of my my life. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to be a choreographer. Oh. Yeah. I actually went to college thinking I was going to be a dance major. Really? Yeah. And I wanted to do choreography, but I didn't make it into the program. <laughs> I would imagine, well, I mean, you and I both kind of have like more of the creative side versus yes. anything else, but versus yeah. the smart side. <laughs> <laughs> We're not very intelligent, but we like to dance, guys. <laughs> yeah. But, well, with yoga, I still think that's, like, kind of choreography because you have to, like, yeah. put together a sequence, obviously. It has to make sense. And then you have to think about what parts of the body are opening and when and why and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get a little bit of choreography kind of fun stuff. But, yeah, in high school, I used to choreograph all of our cheer dances and it was so fun. But, yeah, I want to – I mean, that's a type of – I was thinking about or reading something about other types of self-care – and since we talked about that on last week's episode, I was like, that is definitely a type of self-care, doing yes. just dance and letting loose. And I took a salsa class recently, maybe a few Ooh. months back, which was super fun. Solo? 
Um, no, I went with three of my girlfriends. We couldn't get our okay. husbands to come with. <laughs> but I, I plan on having him come because my husband's pretty, he's really good at dancing. He just doesn't, you know, like when would he? But I could right. see him. I was like, we'll have a few margaritas. It'll be fantastic. You're going to love it. Yeah. Yeah, I, Scott and I want to do take a ballroom class because actually we've gotten back into Dancing with the Stars. I took a couple years off and now I'm back in mm. hard. <laughs> I I do enjoy Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Who's on it this season? Well, we're in between seasons. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I'm not that confused. It. <laughs> it's in between Bachelor, but I guess I for some reason I think it should be on right now. I guess it'll be on over the summer. Because I thought it went Bachelor, Dancing with the Stars, Bachelorette, Dancing with the Stars. But Bachelorette starts end of May. Pretty soon. Month away. I don't know. We've been more just Netflixing lately. We've gotten mm-hmm. onto a like horror film streak. So we went Oof. to go see, for his birthday, we went to go see A Quiet Place. Have no, you heard no, of that? No. It was, yes, I have, and it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love thrillers. And actually, if I'm not reading stuff about or listening to stuff about health and wellness, it's usually about, like, intense murders and, like, horror stuff. <laughs> right. I don't understand. There's so many people that love the crime podcasts. It's, like, the last thing I'd want to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's something about it that's just so fascinating that I'm, like... I just need to know. Yeah. Why? I how? Understand yeah. the appeal. I just I'm a complete scaredy cat. Mm. Yeah, it's not that I'm not. I I like being scared. Yeah, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we saw that movie, and then we're like, oh, this is great. Let's get scared more often. So we started <laughs> to get into. There's um on Netflix. I think it's called yeah, it's Netflix Black Mirror which is like a series of stuff. And it's just, it's not even that that's scary. It's more just like creepy. It's super creepy and psychological, which I'm not as into. I'm kind of more of like, give me death and stuff, which is like so (laughs) Give me death or give me nothing. (laughs) Weirdo. I know. Who am I? (laughs) Wow. Well, this conversation took a quick turn because I had a question for you and I was going to be mostly about food but we could turn mm. we could turn it around okay. so speaking of death if yeah. if you Great. had one meal Way to break my day. I know right if you had one meal that you could have for like the rest of your life or you had like one last meal what would be your either type of meal or type of food that you would just have every single day if you could the thing that comes to mind is cereal. Mm, okay. <laughs> like a cereal or a granola with like dried fruit on top and fruit on top. I'm just into that. I could eat a whole box of cereal, and I have in the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, either that, like that would be sweet, just going to town because I'm going to die, or a really good skirt steak or filet with mashed potatoes like a classic American meal like that with butter and all of the things sounds good yeah what about you hmm I would say 
take me to Hawaii. Location is everything for me. So I have to be in Hawaii. I would love to be specifically in Kauai. And just like the best like buttery white fish, like a mahi-mahi. And then I need like the flour on the plate. If you could put the flour on the plate, that's going to be important to me. (laughs) And then like a coconut like jasmine rice. Mm. And let's finish it off with a nice soft cookie. Very simple, yeah. simple needs, really. But yeah, I could eat fish all day, every day. And then if you're yeah. in Hawaii, life is just great. So, right. I didn't know I got to choose the location. Yeah, sorry, I didn't. I get, <laughs> didn't get to tell you that. <laughs> Wait, did you go to Hawaii? Did you go there on your honeymoon? No, we went to Europe for our honeymoon. We went to oh, right, 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 Paris right, right, and right. Italy, which I do love Italian food, but it's not sustainable mm. long term. By the end of the trip, we were there for like two and a half weeks. I was like, give me another pizza or any type of pasta and I'm going to like lose my mind because it was just, it's a lot. But the food over there is like so fresh and awesome. Right. And most people, not most, some, I would say don't have any issues with gluten over in Europe just because of their, you know, clean food regulations. And at the time I had no idea that I was sensitive to anything. So Mm -hmm. I just ate all the things and... It's interesting, something to be said for that. I felt great the whole time, but my brain was like on cloud 20, you know, just so happy. So yeah, mindset is so much of everything, isn't it? Yeah, the weekend I got engaged, so I got engaged in November, I felt so incredibly happy that I did not think twice about my gut issues. And I was still mindful about what we were eating, but we were going out to eat all weekend because my family had flown in to surprise me and I just felt like completely perfect so that's where I knew like yeah mindset is absolutely huge here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is true that gut brain connection that old connection yeah and there's not there are supplements that can help you but <laughs> that's the hardest part about mindset is like it's all on you baby <laughs> like you gotta yeah. do the work and put in the time to kind of change your attitude about stuff. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. We are. We are. But before we do, do you have something to remind us about? So glad you asked. I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into my commercial voice here. Um, no, but really, we announced a very exciting giveaway on last week's episode because we have a new sponsor for the podcast, which is One Stop Paleo Shop. And it's an online marketplace that has everything 100% paleo. They also have tons of AIP and keto products, Whole30 products. The AIP stuff is awesome, you guys, because it's really hard to find stuff that doesn't include things like nuts, seeds, um, you know, anything (laughs) that's slightly inflammatory, eggs, yeah. So they have a lot of AIP products. And Chelsea and I have put together two boxes because we couldn't really decide, like, what do we want to give away? There's so many awesome things here. So we talked them into being very, very generous and letting us do a savory-ish box that has um, more savory-type products. We have coconut wraps in there. We've got the Primal Cherry Barbecue Sauce, which is AIP, uh, Bone Broth, um, Spray Ghee from Fourth and Heart, and then a sweet-ish box to kind of help with that sweet sweet tooth. We have Power Balls, um, Simple Mills Soft Baked Cookies, Hugh Kitchen, Salty Dark Chocolate, Tiger Nut Butter, and Cocoa Peely Nut Butter. So two really, really good boxes, and we're giving them away. So the way that you can enter is if you go over to iTunes, you're gonna wanna leave a review, 
And then once you leave a review, you can leave a five-star rating first and then hit review um, both at the same time. And you'll screenshot what you posted and then send it to our email address, which is nutritionishpodcast at gmail.com, all one word. And the reason for sending it to the email is we have to be able to contact you guys. So on iTunes, when you read, there's kind of like a cryptic screen name type thing. We don't know who that is. So send it to us and then you'll be entered into our giveaway. And that's going to go until, when did we say, Chelsea? It's till May 6th. So this episode will come out on Monday. Uh, I was like, grab for the calendar, (laughs) which will be Monday the 30th. 30th. So you'll have a little less than a week if you're listening to this on Monday the 30th. And if you're listening to this in the future, it's 2018. (laughs) <laughs> so sorry if you missed the giveaway, but guess what? You can still go to One Stop Paleo Shop and you'll get 15% off any product on their website. So I've been ordering my cassava flour from there. Gosh, I mean everything. So you'll type in nutrition-ish, all one word, to get the discount. Cool. Also, I tried the tiger nut butter last night and it tastes like cookie dough. It is so good. Oh, I'm so jealous. I have been doing a cleanse a candida cleanse wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah. <laughs> about two weeks now which I just talked about on my Instagram last night and living going over stool test oh yeah totally living the dream <laughs> haven't had coffee or alcohol in let's see two and a half weeks super happy about it said oh you said literally you no your, one ever <laughs> you love your wine I love wine I don't drink wine like every night but you know on weekends and by the time Thursday rolls around, like sometimes I just want to watch a horror film and have a glass of wine. You know what I mean? Hey. <laughs> Who doesn't? <Sure. laughs> uh, but I've been sleeping fantastic. I do feel relatively awesome. So no complaints. It's getting easier. Awesome. Um, okay. Should we get into some questions? Yes. All please. right. Number one question. This is from Emily. A little bit about Emily. I have always considered myself pretty healthy. I grew up playing sports and went on to play soccer in college. Have eaten paleo-ish for seven years as well. My sleep is pretty good. I average seven to nine hours per night. Very type A, so naturally I stress about everything. Recently I moved to be closer to family, which makes me super happy. I suffered from secondary amenorrhea for six years, possibly a combination of intense exercise, high stress, low body fat, and not eating enough to compensate. After college, I went keto and got my period back, but gained a ton of hormonal weight. I went to a holistic practitioner who looked over my blood work and suspected another possible autoimmune disease. I already knew I had celiac. So he put me on an AIP, which stands for autoimmune paleo. It's been amazing the first month. A lot of water retention and weight has gone away, but I still feel like I'm holding on to some. I feel a lot better and will know my results from the Cyrex 5 test in a few weeks to help me figure out a diet and lifestyle plan for the long term. I need to work on stress and not caring so much, but it's hard when you constantly feel like your bloat and your weight fluctuates. Supplements and medications that she's taking, she's taking zinc, magnesium, vitamin D, a multivitamin, digest zymes, betaine HCL, methyl care, and joint supplements. So her number one question is, what is the best way to manage stress and help an underactive thyroid, so hypothyroid? I was told I have hypothyroidism in addition to celiac as well as a few other autoimmune disorders. I eliminated caffeine, cut way back on exercise, and don't really feel stressed, but I'm having some lymphatic drainage problems and my immune system is still acting up. And her other question, we have a little thing of like, 
is there anything else you would like us to know or want to talk about? And she asks, what made y'all start a podcast? That's my best Texas accent because that's where she lives. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Chelsea's going to answer this first part of the question. Yeah. Hey, Emily. So first things first, I wanted to address the part of your question about the lymphatic drainage and lymphatic system. So for those of you who don't know, the lymphatic system is the system that helps to remove toxins and waste from your body. So it's obviously super, super important and it doesn't move on its own. We have to move it. So simple things like deep breaths and movement are really, really great. Um, But I wanted to touch on a few other more specific things that Emily, you could try and then for everyone else to maybe implement as well. So One of the first things that I love, this is probably one of my favorite self-care activities, is skin brushing. So um, basically you get a uh, soft bristle bristle brush from Amazon, or you can probably get it at a local health store, and you want to actually physically brush your skin. So don't go too hard the first time that you try this out. You can do it a little bit more gentler and then work your way up. But you want to do just that. You want to work your way up on your body. So you want to start at your toes and your feet and just give these like gentle to slightly tougher brushes up your legs, up your body. You want to move in the direction of your heart. So all the way up your legs, abdomen, you know, from your arms, down on your chest. I find that this really helps me if I'm having some sort of sluggish digestion. So I'll usually do it in the morning right when I wake up and it really seems to get things jump started for me. If you wanted a little bit more of a clear um, picture of how to do skin brushing, you can just go on YouTube and Google how to skin brush. There's a bunch of really great resources there. Another thing that I really love that I've talked about a lot recently on my Instagram is doing a castor oil pack. So castor oil is so fantastic for so many different things with inflammation, liver health, digestion, um, great for things like fibroids or uh, cysts on your ovaries, pain, so, so, so many different things. It's super, super therapeutic. Again, you can Google this or look on YouTube since it is a bit of a longer explanation for how to do it. But basically, um, I've actually written, we'll link in the show notes, a blog post that I wrote, which includes how to do a castor oil pack. But basically, you want to get castor oil, you want to get a wool cloth. I also recommend getting these castor oil wipes to remove it because it is a bit of a sticky, stainy kind of oil. Uh, And then a heating pad. So using those four things... Um, you can do what's known as a castor oil pack. You basically would lay it over, I would recommend for you, Emily, to lay it over your liver area since that needs the most help and that's what's going to facilitate removing the toxins and waste. And you basically would lay for anywhere from like 30 to 45 minutes with the oil on your abdomen and then the wool cloth atop and then also the heating pad on top of that and it really helps actually also with your stress so it will help you to calm down it's great to do before bed and then it should help to stimulate the lymphatic system and hopefully help you to go to the bathroom better the next day and just properly detox since you are working through so many protocols it's really 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 crucial that you help your body to gently remove that stuff in the appropriate way another great thing that you could try is rebounding so Basically, you get a little mini trampoline from Amazon or, again, some local store, and you, 
I think, you know, time can vary, but you can start out with just a few minutes and you can actually work your way up to something like 10 to 20 minutes. Great thing again to do in the morning. It just helps like shake your system out and get everything moving and stimulate that lymphatic system. If you don't have a mini trampoline, that's not a problem. You can actually just physically jump up and down. Um, Take it slow, you know, especially if you have like any sort of pain or injury or inflammation or anything like that. You don't want to overdo your overdo it. Um, that's why the, the little trampoline can be helpful just to help to like suppress some of that, um, jumping (laughs) motion. So that can be really, really helpful. And then there's also things like a lymphatic drainage massage or an abdominal massage. So you could check your local area to see if they have anything like that offered to you locally. Um, there's something that I do here in LA. If anyone is local or visits at a place called Shape House. It's a modern sweat lodge. So they have infrared heat saunas. You're individually wrapped in like this little um, sleeping bag and it's just, it's such an awesome place. You have your own little cocoon and you're, you can watch Netflix or um, movies or listen to music and you sweat. You sweat hard for 55 minutes and it's really fantastic for the lymphatic system and for detoxification but they also have something there that is a lymphatic massage so you actually go into this little machine that helps to squeeze your your legs and your arm and your abdomen in the appropriate way to help to stimulate that lymphatic system so you could see if there's something like that offered to you locally I also really like a trigger point foam roller. So this is really great. I have chronic back pain and this has been something that's really helped me um, to roll out my legs and uh, my glutes. It's different than a regular foam rollers, which are quite soft. It actually has trigger points. So it has little like grooves on top of it that just feel really good to roll out your body that I feel like can help to stimulate things. And then yoga or gentle yoga, you can even Google on YouTube yoga to stimulate the lymphatic system. And I'm sure you can find appropriate sequences for for stimulating detox. So um, those are some of my favorite things for the lymphatic system. And then, yeah, just a lot of like deep breaths, walks. You're already doing a lot of things right. So just maybe trying one or two of those things that I listed, Emily, and see if anything resonates with you. I have a question about skin brushing, actually. So I also could YouTube this. I do this. I, I go off and on of like remembering to do it. Question number one, are you supposed to go just up and down like directly in a straight line or are you supposed to or can you do both? Can you do little circles? I've seen it done both ways, I think. Yeah, that's a good question. You can do both. Um, I personally like to do just, and you want to do upward strokes. You don't ever want to go back and forth, back and forth. You want to always go up in the same motion direct to your heart. If you prefer, you can do little circles. I personally like it in strokes. Sometimes on my abdomen, I'll do circles just because the direct, I don't know. I feel like that's just what I do. But for the most part, (laughs) I do just long strokes, upward long strokes. Okay. And then I was talking to my acupuncturist about castor oil packs, and she did say that it's important to only do it before you ovulate. So depending on Mm -hmm. when you're ovulating, and this is also dependent on a lot of different things. If you're trying to get pregnant or you're thinking about it or not sure, you definitely don't want to do it after you've ovulated because it can actually dislodge and remove the implanted embryo, which I had no idea. So... 
I think her recommendation was kind of at any time, but she seemed to think and recommend it would be better before you ovulate, which if you're on a 28-day cycle, it's usually around like day 12 to 13 or so. Um, but figuring out when you ovulate is a whole other thing we can get into. <laughs> but if you're tracking yeah. your cycle, it's easy to kind of see, you know, when that's going to be. But Yeah, that's interesting. Based on my research, it doesn't – I didn't find that it would be detrimental to do it all through the month with the exception of when you're actually bleeding just because it can speed things up and you may bleed more you may mm-hmm. you know create more and more movement um and then obviously if you're pregnant breastfeeding or yeah I guess if you're if you're trying to get pregnant probably safer to avoid doing it as well um but as far as around ovulation I didn't find anything like that yeah and maybe she was just talking about if you're trying and yeah. then also avoiding your menstrual cycle but yes yeah. yes Um, Cool. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the thyroid because that is my jam. So certain things that um, I do or avoid and then certain things that um, are really important to include. So with hypothyroid, one way to know that is to look for the symptoms and the signs. So if you're feeling sluggish a lot, if you're tired, um, there's a lot of different signs of hypothyroid, but those are kind of the main two. Um, and then also, you know, looking at your lab work by looking at your TSH, if your TSH levels are higher, then that could be a sign that your thyroid stimulating hormone is actually underactive. And it's kind of the opposite when you're looking at test results. So a few, there's one, um, ingredient or nutrient rather selenium is really, really important for thyroid health. So often people are deficient in selenium. My favorite source of getting selenium is from Brazil nuts. So, I do a few Brazil nuts uh, daily if I'm doing nuts at the time um, because sometimes I go off of doing certain nuts and then if you're on AIP, which is the autoimmune, you're going to be avoiding nuts. So you can take it as a supplement as well. Um, And then you also want to just support your immune system because the immune system and thyroid is very connected. So zinc is always a great idea as well to support thyroid health. Um, Another thing to avoid would be soy. Soy and um, fluoride and also goitrogenic foods those are three things that you're going to want to avoid when you're dealing with hypothyroid because they compete and inhibit the thyroid stimulating hormone Um, so goitrogenic foods are going to be things like really raw cruciferous vegetables raw kale is surprising but that's one thing that i don't consume too much of Um, and then also like I mean, no one's really eating raw Brussels sprouts, but if you're going to do Brussels sprouts, it's a good idea to like steam or cook them pretty thoroughly. And then what are some other goitrogenic foods? Anything like raw cabbages, um, those are inhibitory to thyroid production. And so what else that you can do um, to kind of focus on thyroid health, number one, but also just kind of going back to um, lymphatic you know, drainage and making sure that you're detoxing properly. You can play around with doing an AIP diet, um, which we've talked obviously a little bit about, but you're removing inflammation. So sometimes when your thyroid is sluggish or you're experiencing hypothyroid, you're not entirely sure what's happening. It could be an immune response that's kind of, you know, happening here. So where your thyroid is being affected. So playing around with food sensitivities and if you're doing something more, a little bit more intense, you might want to do an AIP diet for about starting out 30 days and then see where that kind of takes you. So the AIP diet is basically paleo, but you're also eliminating known immune, um, 
I guess, kind of like immune responses in most people, which would be things like nuts, like seeds, also eggs. Um, uh, what else is... Nightshades. What's that? Oh, nightshades, nightshades, exactly. Nightshades. Things like bell peppers and tomatoes and gosh, what else? Um, there's a whole... Chocolate. Yeah, cacao. There's a lot of other AIP stuff that you kind of don't think about. Um, and then when it comes to spices too... Um, like we mentioned, ashwagandha is a nightshade. Um, curry, surprisingly, is also something that you'd want to avoid. So um, if you Google AIP diet or follow the um, the paleo mom, Sarah Ballantyne, she is a really great resource for AIP stuff as well as Angie Alt and Mickey Truscott. Um, so another <clears throat> supplement that you could include is turmeric or curcumin. Um Turmeric we know is the root um, and it's orange and you can also use it as like a spice, but the active ingredient in turmeric is called curcumin. So you can take a curcumin supplement um, to kind of boost um, inflammation as well as doing um, omega-3 fish oils. That's also really great for managing inflammation. And then when it comes to sleep, um, you do say that you're sleeping quite a bit, but if you're getting kind of like interrupted sleep, it's important to get steady. So trying to do a magnesium um, before bed could really help. And then just kind of, I'm giving all these ideas of things that are kind of throwing into your entire question here. Um, Because you've already eliminated caffeine, which is great. So you're kind of reducing that stress already. But if there's anything else you could be doing for your immune system, because you're saying that it's still acting up, these are kind of these recommendations. So Doing a leaky gut protocol or just being more gut healthy and gut friendly to yourself is always going to be important. So like you said, taking out caffeine and taking out coffee because coffee is really acidic for your gut lining. That's obviously a great great start. And including things like bone broth, the gelatin or the vital proteins gelatin. Bone broth has a ton of healing properties for the gut. Um, I also like to include L-glutamine about three times a day, so three capsules per day. That's going to also help build up that, um, you know, lining and kind of build up what even they call like the brush border in your cells because that's kind of what's breaking down to allow the food to pass. And then if that is leaky gut, you're kind of having that immune response to certain things. Um, Collagen is great. Um, Aloe vera, you can do aloe vera as a juice. You can drink it. You'll find it at the grocery store. You just want to make sure that the ingredients are pretty clean. I tried to find some recently on this um, protocol that I'm doing, and I couldn't find any aloe vera juice that was like, didn't have added sugar or didn't have any type of like added, I don't know, something to it. So I just ended up um, doing aloe vera capsules. And what else? Another thing you could do is if you wanted to kind of dig a little bit deeper, aside from doing, you know, some labs, which I know that you said you've already done with the Cyrex 5, the Cyrex 5 is a great um, test that you can do that helps look for other autoimmune disorders if you already know that you have one. Because unfortunately, if you already have an autoimmune disorder that's diagnosed, you're more likely to develop or have others. Um, But I know that that Cyrex 5 is pretty expensive. So I like doing um, stool tests and recommending those to people who are kind of just trying to still figure things out because it'll look for parasites. It will look at your um, IgA, which is your immune response, which will tell you a little bit about, you know, leaky gut. It'll look for any type of bacterial overgrowth or yeast overgrowth. And then in addition, it looks for what good gut bacteria do you have? Because you might almost just be deficient in the good gut bacteria. And that's when I would recommend a probiotic. And actually, to be honest, I would recommend a probiotic to anybody. That's one of the supplements that I think is just a fabulous idea. I really like the Megaspore probiotic. 
That's all I got. Cool. And I just wanted to address one other part of your question, Emily, uh, just where you were saying need to work on stress and not caring so much, but it's hard when you constantly feel like your bloat and weight fluctuates. So when I read that, I was like, you have no idea how much I can 1 million percent relate to that. I have been struggling with issues stemming from Lyme and Bartonella disease for four years, but I did not have a diagnosis until last summer. And I've been dealing with a major bloat and gut distension for three and a half years now. And my weight has fluctuated quite a bit as well. So I completely understand what you're going through with that. It is so hard to separate your symptoms and your health issues from what's actually going on with your body. But that sort of is what I wanted to address that It is not you, it is just what is going on with you right now. So as much as you can, when you look in the mirror and you begin to nitpick or feel frustrated or feel disappointed in your body or wish to change the way that your body looks or the way that your body is reacting, know that this is just a slice of time in your life and it's what you're going through and that your body's main goal is to heal. And I know it's so hard to feel that way when we deal with health issues, especially autoimmunity or chronic health issues or more of these very serious things, but our bodies want to be better. Our bodies want to heal. They want to survive. So try to work with your body as much as you can instead of against it. And I know Allie and I both relate to this so much where you're on all these protocols and you're doing everything right and you're trying so hard and you're doing all the tests and seeing all the doctors and all the practitioners and it's like it takes over and you feel like you're healing, you're trying to heal so hard and so aggressively that you forget to take a step back and really treat yourself kindly and respect yourself and go slow and look inward. So just really try to keep that in mind as much as you can. I really recommend doing little things like buying new clothes that you feel comfortable in. You know, maybe if you have to buy a bigger size, who cares? No one knows what the size is but you. And truly, I've come to the place where I don't care what size pants I wear. I just want them to fit and I want to feel comfortable in them. So and I know that can take some time, especially as women who have been taught to focus on their weight so much in our lives. And that's the constant message that we're taking in. But truly, it does not matter. Just make yourself feel comfortable while you're going through this time in your life. And other things, too, is to try to not compare yourself to your old body or your quote-unquote healthy body. We grow, we change, we evolve. It doesn't mean that you can't get back to a place where you feel a lot more comfortable. But right now, you're going through a lot. So be kind to yourself and your body. And also you can try to do things just working with your mindset is to allow yourself to imagine a life without the bloat, without the weight fluctuations, without the autoimmunity and the symptoms that come with that. Allow yourself to imagine what it would be like to walk through your perfect day where you feel healthy and you feel clear-headed and you're not stressed to show yourself that it's possible, to show yourself that you can heal. Because I know what it's like to feel so utterly hopeless. I've been there so, so many times. I just had an immense breakdown about this last week. But as much as you can to try to get yourself in the positive mindset of what it could be like to live a life without these health issues. Just also trying to focus on other things than your health. And I know that's so hard when it feels like this is all you can think about. And I believe you are also, I think, is Emily an NTP or she's studying to be an NTP? Yeah, she's going to be an NTP, yeah. But she does health coaching already, so she's already in this world and has been for a little while. Right. So I know that can be even more difficult when you are researching and learning and you're in school and you're working with people on their own health issues to try and separate yourself. But as much as you can to do things like that are just fun and carefree and 
listening to more fun podcasts and watching fun shows and things like that, that's going to really help you. And then I just wanted to recommend two books that can be really, really helpful for your mindset. One is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. It's about mindset and giving you the power to heal. Often when we have health issues, we feel like that is our identity. That is our story. This is all that's happening with us. This is a death sentence almost. Like we think that this is just something we're going to be dealing with for the rest of our lives. It doesn't take away from the fact that you're actually dealing with things, but you have power. You have control. There are things that you can do. I also, this is one of the most crucial books in my health journey, is The Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Miss. I can't recommend this book highly enough. It talks a lot about how our emotions, patterns, and beliefs are intertwined with our illnesses and the types of health issues that we have. So it just feeling empowered that there's something that you can do all at the same time with separating yourself from that. So I know that can sound sort of contradictory, but absolutely arming yourself with the right information and working through all the things and working with a practitioner that you trust, but also like taking a step back and calming down and focusing on other things. So I hope some of that could be helpful for you and keep us posted. Okay, our next question comes from Dylan. Dylan says, I've been struggling with body image my whole life. Not sure how you two will feel about this, but I've been using Weight Watchers Freestyle Program to help me be more mindful about food. I honestly don't go crazy with point counting, and I also don't let myself stress about it if I am doing the program perfectly. I do my best to always eat whole foods. Overall, it's been beneficial for me, and in conjunction with yoga, I've been feeling really great about myself. I do think as soon as a three-month, as soon as this three-month period trial is over, I'm going to discontinue Weight Watchers and just eat intuitively. Her supplements, medications, I take orthotricyclin birth control pills, drink collagen in my matcha every morning, chaga, and take raw life probiotic every night. Her first question is, what are your thoughts about intermittent fasting? I know some people who are raving about it right now, but it just gives me very disordered eating vibes. What are your thoughts? And then uh, we're, the next thing we'll touch on too is that she said, I've learned a lot from this pod and I feel like it is empowering me to say bye to Weight Watchers. We're going to touch on that too. But Allie, do you want to chat a little bit about intermittent fasting? Yes. Um, and before I even get to that, I just want to go back to the about her um, and just have you, Dylan, think about you know what is it that you struggle with about body image? You said you've been struggling your entire life. Um, and maybe thinking about, you know, why am I struggling? What is it about my either size, my weight? Is it how you feel? Is it a judgment that's pushed upon you from others? And maybe going a little bit deeper into, you know, why this is even an issue. Because it seems as if it's enough of an issue for you to do something about it, which is what you've um, used Weight Watchers for. So you're kind of dealing with an issue and then you're solving it with, you know, what you think is the best answer But what if there wasn't necessarily an issue at all? What if you became more comfortable with your body? And if you take a deep dive, does everything work properly? Is your digestion awesome? You know, how well are you sleeping? So asking yourself these deeper questions and then maybe kind of solving your own issue by just thinking like, hey, you know, maybe I'm not exactly at the weight that I want, but everything else is, you know, working properly and my body's functioning and I'm in a 
you know, healthy relationship with my family, my friends. And so maybe you can kind of mitigate the need to feel like you are wanting to do Weight Watchers in the first place. Um, so that's just a little bit of something to think about. And then when you say um, intermittent fasting, people are raving about it, but it just gives me very disordered eating vibes. I think you've almost answered your own question right there. Is anything that's giving you eating disorder vibes means that it's not for you. Just leave it where it is. If other people want to do that and other people see success with it, that is great. Let them do that. But if you don't feel good about it, then I would say don't even explore the idea because there's there's not one size that fits all. And there's not one diet. There's not one way to do something. So if you right off the bat are like, hey, this doesn't fit within my vibe and my jam, like don't don't force yourself to feel like it should. Um, because I think you have kind of a history with body image and so doing something like intermittent fasting might not be the healthiest decision when we start to avoid food um, like that for long periods of time it starts to turn into using it therapeutically versus using it as a way to control weight and to control calories Um, not for everybody but this is kind of what I have found so with intermittent fasting there's, um, yes, a lot of buzz about it. And I think that there is a time and place and people who will benefit from intermittent fasting. People do it for different amounts of time, different lengths of time. And you can start, um, you know, slow. I think even, you know, this isn't considered intermittent fasting, but if you're someone that snacks all day, for example, allow yourself to have 90 minutes in between all of your meals. Like that's a very good place to start. It's not fasting, it's just giving yourself time to digest. But depending on where you're coming from personally, that might be a good place. Um, Some people do intermittent fasting for 12 hours at a time, and maybe that's overnight. You know, if you're eating dinner a little bit earlier and then you're pushing your breakfast up a little bit, that could be a a source of intermittent fasting for somebody. And then when people are doing it for a day or two, for you know 24 hours, um, you know, again, that can be helpful for some people. And those are the type of people that are maybe dealing with a lot of gut distress or they're trying to put a high focus on detox and maybe they're trying to reset their system so they're not overloading their digestive system. They're kind of clearing out their colon. They're giving their entire body a break from actually functioning. So I do think this, you know, can be therapeutic and helpful for certain conditions, um, mostly, you know, acute or chronic illnesses, things like that. If you do have, however, any type of hormone imbalance, or if you're dealing with amenorrhea, if you're dealing with blood sugar dysregulation, or if you even have a history of over-exercising and restriction, I would say that intermittent fasting is not for you. Reason being uh, is starting with hormone imbalances your body needs to feel like it's nourished. It needs to feel like it's comfortable and able to reproduce. If it doesn't feel safe and nourished, it's not going to send the right sex hormones to the right places. Um, Your body is wanting to think that it's fertile or wanting to think that it's able to create another human. That is what, as women, our menstrual cycles are kind of doing. Whether you use it to do that or not, doesn't matter. Your body still wants to feel like it's safe and it's able to use energy for another human. So if you are dealing with anything like that, starving yourself is not gonna be beneficial for you and it's not gonna get your hormones into the places where they need to be. You wanna focus on high fat, eating more calories, that's where you need to be. 
Um, and then blood sugar dysregulation, what happens, you know, with blood sugars when we're eating, our glucose and everything is rising and then it's dropping. It's rising and dropping with food. So there are many, many ways to stabilize your blood sugar, but kind of fasting all day, if you already have this as an issue, I personally think can kind of make those issues worse. So that's kind of my take on intermittent fasting. I know many people would probably disagree, but I think like with anything else, everybody is bio-individual and yes, it's great for some people. They're probably going to see a huge success with it and then other people, definitely not. And if you're already telling yourself like this does not feel good in my head, then I do not think you should do it. Um, And then another thing that you can do though that is still giving you control because it sounds like with the Weight Watchers, you do like to kind of feel in control. There are many ways to control your diet without counting calories. You can control the types of foods, the quality of your foods, and the way in which you're nourishing your body. If you know that something affects you, if you're sensitive to foods, you can easily avoid those and that's your focus of control without thinking about, okay, how many calories am I gonna eat here? How many calories there? Because truly calories do not really matter. It's more about the right type of foods and even watching the sugar intake and packaged foods, the ingredients are what really matter. And then working just on your stress is going to be something that will definitely benefit you all around. Yes, I couldn't agree more with everything that you just said, Allie. And I think, Dylan, it's clear that you have all the right answers inside of you and you are listening to your gut and you just need that little bit of that nudge. So I'm glad that some of the things we already shared on the podcast are empowering you. So I just wanted to share a little bit more about my opinion about something like Weight Watchers. So I think that they have changed their model recently with this new freestyle program, but essentially it is still a plan that you have to stick to. So I know that it asks you to count points and while those aren't calories, I think they're still loosely or completely based around calories just with a different name, you're still counting something and you're still trying to stick to a certain number each day. So that doesn't take into consideration how active you are, and that's physically active or mentally active, your stress levels, your hormones, your digestion, if you have food sensitivities, where your mindset is at that day, all these different things. It doesn't take all of that into account, and everyone is so different, and that's why it is so important to find out what works for you. And I also think it's really important to learn more about food. So like you said, you're trying to stick to whole foods. You're trying to put more of a focus on quality, where these plans focus so much more on just the quantity, how much you're eating. You really want to try, if you want to stick to more of an intuitive way of eating, of focusing more on the quality of your food, not just how much you're eating. Because while Weight Watchers may work for a lot of people, what is going to happen when you go off of that plan? So what have you learned? What have you learned about yourself? Have you learned what types of foods work for you and what haven't? Do you understand blood sugar? Do you understand your hormones? Do you understand your digestion? Likely not. Um, You feel like you succeed at that plan if you've stuck to your points or if you've met your weight loss goal. And that's just not really evolving you as a person and creating a healthy relationship with food and a sustainable relationship with food for the long run. Um, I also always say, like, do you want to be counting calories and doing Weight Watchers when you're in the nursing home? No, you want to be able to live a healthy lifestyle that allows you to be able to travel, to be able to go on date nights, to be able to go to holiday celebrations with your family and not feel like you are stuck in this box that has so much extreme limitations. Um, 
So I also think too, with counting, whether it's calories or counting points or whatever it is, what is going to happen, you know, if you go over your points for that day? What happens if you hit your points by lunchtime and you're still hungry? Are you just not going to eat? Are you going to starve yourself? Because if you're going to starve yourself, then like Ali was saying, you are telling your body you can't, you're not nourishing it. You're not taking care of it. You're not respecting it. And that is going to cause a major stress response. And then your body may hold on to weight or cause more inflammation. So it's really, really important that you get yourself out of these like rules and deprivation and all like putting all this stuff, all these limitations on yourself. Because what happens if you are counting and you go over your points for that day, you know, you're probably going to beat yourself up. You're probably going to think that you're worthless or that you're lazy or that you're not good enough or you can't stick to anything and just you're going to perpetuate this cycle. And then you're stuck in this place where you're either on the wagon, off the wagon. You're either following Weight Watchers perfectly or you're not following it perfectly. And there's really no gray zone. There's really nothing in between. So the best thing that you can do to get more into an intuitive way of eating is to burn the wagon. Get rid of that all or nothing forgive yourself when you quote unquote mess up. There is always a chance the next moment, the next meal, the next day, the next week to just seamlessly get back into what you were doing before. Just, you know, have some greens, have some water, go for a walk. Just not being so rigid with the rules. It's so important. My whole like business is centered around being very passionate about getting people off of the all or nothing. It just, it's such a harsh way to move through life and it makes us feel like we're bad and we're not worthy and we're not good enough. And it's just not true. So the other thing is that these diet programs, you know, whether it's Weight Watchers or something else, they really prey on our failures. They, they hope it sounds bad, but I think it's true. They kind of hope that you fail, that you don't meet your goals because then you feel like, gosh, there's nothing wrong with the program, but there's something wrong with me. Let me just see if I can do it. Let me try doing it one more time. And then you're, you know, you're a repeat customer. That's why the diet industry is this multi-billion dollar industry because people just continue to jump back into programs. Um, I also think something like Weight Watchers is, is trying to hold you in as a customer for life. I worked I'm working with a client right now who has done Weight Watchers previously, and she told me that they recommend or they require that you come in once a month for the rest of your life and weigh in. That's just crazy. You don't want to put yourself into something that you have to do forever. Um, and also, too, I don't like the name of Weight Watchers. I mean, think about it. Weight Watchers. It's just horrible. You know, weight is not the only marker of your health. You can be small and unhealthy and quote-unquote bigger and healthy. People have all different shapes and sizes and all different qualities of health. Your body is complex. And anytime that weight is your only focus, you are setting yourself up to feel like you failed when you weigh in and you don't see the number that you want to see. And even if you see that number that you want to see, you'll think, okay, what next? Can I diet harder? Can I cut my points more? Or fear that you're going to gain it all back. And then you walk through every day, like with this immense anxiety that you're going to gain the weight back and you just have to be harder on yourself and harder on yourself. And there's just so much fear out there. So I think you have every answer inside of you, Dylan. It sounds like you are ready to give up this Weight Watchers and this plan thing and just eat intuitively and eat real whole foods. So allow yourself to do that. Give yourself the permission. Don't let the diet industry 
make you feel like you always have to be doing something, it is okay to release that and to trust yourself and to move forward from there. So I would just recommend to continue to trust your gut and really continue to to shift that focus and follow focus much more on quality over quantity and just see how it goes and good for you. Feel super proud of yourself for taking that leap. Yeah, I would recommend if you're kind of feeling like you're coming off of this Weight Watchers and you've always had accountability with somebody or a program or food or something, I would definitely recommend working with someone, even if it's for just like a month, you know, do a month program with a nutritionist or a health coach and just have that person be there for you as accountability and more of just like a support to be like, okay, I'm coming off of something that I was really used to and comfortable with, even though it was counting and even though it was, you know, controlling, I, you know, I'm going to have a really hard time or feel out within yourself. Like, are you going to have a hard time? just being on your own. If you feel scared by that and overwhelmed with what to choose, how to choose, I would say work with someone because oftentimes, you know, what Chelsea and I do is we'll do meal plans and meal prep. I have like a meal prep guide that's actually on my resources tab on my website and it puts together 12 recipes that um, you can use to meal prep for the week. So in a way, you're setting yourself up for like a weekly plan Uh, But those foods can be anything you want it to be. It can be any recipe you want, but at least you're kind of either creating your own meal plan for the week and deciding, okay, I'm going to cook four of these things in bulk. I'm going to have leftovers. I'm set up for lunch the next day. I can package this in a mason jar, take it to work. You're kind of creating your own plan, but it's not revolving around weight. It's not revolving around calories. It's really just revolving around like, how can I make eating a convenience for me? So I'll actually stick to it because at the end of the day, that's what I think it really comes down to is if you make eating healthy convenient, there's no reason why you're not going to want to do it. Okay, guys, we have a super fun announcement to make. We have our very first sponsor for the podcast. The One Stop Paleo Shop has been in business for four years, providing quality food for people on the paleo, AIP, keto, or Whole30 diets. They carry brands like Epic, Vital Proteins, Keto Perfect, Primal Kitchen, RX Bars, and many more. As a matter of fact, the brands you know and love were most likely seen on the One Stop Paleo Shop website first. They happen to be the leaders in finding great, real, clean foods. We have a promotion for the Nutrition-ish podcast. If you're having a hard time deciding what foods to try, Chelsea and I have come up with our absolute favorites and put them together in two different boxes for you, the sweet-ish box and the savory-ish box. We couldn't decide either. You'll want to go to onestoppaleoshop.com, click on the ambassador link at the top. There you'll see the link for the Nutrition-ish podcast. Use code NUTRITIONISH, all one word, nutrition, I-S-H, at checkout to receive 15% off the sweet-ish and savory-ish boxes. Plus, there's free shipping over $49. We can't wait to hear what you think. Please let us know what your favorites are and enjoy either a sweet or savory treat on us. We're going to get on to our third question. This question comes from Lee. And a little bit about Lee. She says, I spent most of my life overweight and battling food addiction, depression, anxiety, and negative self-image. Made huge gains in in changing my mindset and eating habits through four rounds of Whole30 over three years. I've identified so many food sensitivities, including dairy, gluten, and legumes. I'm still battling with my my weight, digestive issues, sleep issues, anxiety, and stress. 
I currently have an appointment to see my primary care physician or PCP for a physical and blood work and then plan to see a functional medicine practitioner to try and figure out what's going on in my body. I recently started making at least 30 minutes of walking a day a priority and I would love to get back into yoga, but I feel like I just don't have the time. I'm dabbling in guided meditation in the mornings also. I'm pretty consistently stressed and exhausted, but I try and keep an upbeat and positive attitude. I'm on a mission to improve my health and wellness, and I'm enjoying the journey. Her supplements and medications, she says she's currently not taking any supplements in hopes of getting a clear picture of my body for my upcoming blood work, but she has been taking anxiety, depression medication for years. Question. If I'm trying to get an overall picture of my health, including questionable thyroid function, digestive issues, anxiety, brain fog, fatigue, deficiencies, etc., what specific blood work should I request from my primary care physician to get started, knowing that minimal tests, knowing that they only do minimal tests and they probably are not going to going to run like enough labs? What should I ask for? And then her second question, which we'll get to, is how often and when during the day is it best to use apple cider vinegar for gut health and digestion? She says, anything else she would like to mention? She says she's loving the podcast. Thank you, Lee. We appreciate it. (laughs) Yay. Thank you, Lee. So really quickly, I just wanted to address some small things that you can do that don't include getting a bunch of tests and blood work if you or anyone else there else out there is interested in, then Ali is going to give a fantastic in-depth overview of exactly what you can ask for if you do want to go the other route. But I just wanted to mention that there are things that you can do and just starting small that you can address a lot of what you're going through, Lee, without testing. So just, you know, taking back control, feeling empowered, knowing you are in control of your own body, you're the driver of the bus, you're already doing a bunch of great things. You said that you're walking and you said you want to get back into yoga, but you don't feel like you have the time. Well, if you don't feel like you have the time, then that's exactly something that you need to make more time for. Obviously, your body is craving that and you know that that's something that would feel really good. I also think the guided meditation is absolutely awesome. And just remembering that can be just a few moments. It can be just a few minutes. You don't feel like you have to commit to half an hour, an hour of that, however much you can get in to just set a really good course for your day is awesome. So whatever you can do to get some of that in. But there's also some really other, you know, some other really great things you can do like deep breaths. I'm such a fan of taking a really nice deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. You can do that a few times. That'll really help you to get into that nice parasympathetic state, which is that nice rest and digest state. Like you said, you're doing walks. Sunshine can be super therapeutic. Getting sun on your body, it can boost your vitamin D and just can help a lot if you've been dealing with anxiety and depression. Vitamin D is so, so instrumental and just getting some sunlight can help you jumpstart that before having to supplement. Um, Also too, something I wanted to point out is focusing on connection and support. So whether this is from a friend or a family member or working with someone like a great practitioner or a coach, just finding that non-judgmental very empathetic support system can be really, really beneficial to help with your mood and help with stress and help with your mindset. So making sure that you can find the right people. You don't want to um, 
you know, share details about your life or your health journey with someone that you know isn't going to give you the right reaction back. So make sure it's a super, super safe space. But there's so much to be said for connection. So getting out and being social, whether that's with one friend or with a group or just a little bit of, you know, interacting. If you go to a coffee shop or something, talking to the barista, there's little things that you can do to just help to feel a little bit more like human and have that great interaction. Super, super therapeutic. Also, too, looking at finding the root of your stress and like going from um, the inside out or building from building backwards. So looking, you know, maybe at your past, did something happen growing up as a child? Is something going on in your life right now? Is it work? Is it relationships? Where do you foresee that the stress is coming from and how could you maybe make peace with some of that stuff? And then the other thing I wanted to mention too is like battling weight and feeling like you don't like your body or you have poor body image, that's a huge, huge stressor. So I'd love for you to try to work towards releasing that constant obsession about what your body looks like. So if you're looking in the mirror, instead of noticing the things that you don't like about yourself, can you can you point out one thing that you like about yourself? And if you can't pick it out from your body, could you pick out your eyes, your lips, your hair, your smile? Don't be humble. Celebrate yourself as much as you can. We have so much negative information and negative content out there making us feel less than. We have to celebrate ourselves. If someone compliments you, take it in. Write it down. Feel good. Like keep a jar in your house of things that you like about yourself so you can go and read that on those days where you're feeling, you're not feeling so good. Really talk to yourself like you would a best friend. I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but it's true. Would you would you say anything that you say to yourself to your best friend? Would you say that they, you think they look fat or they look big or they look ugly? No, never. So you have to do the same to yourself. You have to be kind to yourself as well. Also trying to focus on things that you like about yourself that has nothing to do with your body size. So are you kind? Are you compassionate? Are you smart? Are you organized? Are you creative? Are you a good dancer? Are you a good mini golf player? Can you bowl? I don't know. Just can you cook? (laughs) I'm just trying to think of anything that like we forget to celebrate ourselves and not be humble. So try to shift your focus away from also, too, you're, you're trying so desperately to find out what's going on with your health and get to the bottom of that. So like I was saying with Emily's question, separating your identity from that a little bit and focusing more on fun, lighthearted, effortless things. And then something else that I always talk about is be really, really, really aware of the content that you're taking in. The comparison on social media is real. I always say unfollow anyone that does not make you feel good about yourself and follow some new people who are body positive or talk about self-love or talk about empowering their bodies so that when you scroll through, you feel good about yourself instead of bad about yourself. Um, And then the other thing too that I kind of touched on with Emily's question as well is just careful with always doing, doing, doing. Sometimes we just need to take a breath. We need to slow down. We need to go back and just look inward. Like I said, looking back at some of the things that you feel like maybe have created you to develop some of these limiting beliefs or these, these health issues or this stress or this anxiety or depression, just calm down and be a little bit more introspective. Sometimes we exhaust ourselves trying to heal so bad that that actually is counterproductive. So I would just recommend taking a step back and just taking some deep breaths, working on your self-care and your stress and know that you're going to be okay. Yeah, that leads perfectly into what I'm going to transition to because the one thing that you point out in here is you say that I'm pretty constantly stressed and exhausted, but I try and keep an upbeat and positive attitude. Well, 
That is awesome. That's fantastic. That's what we all need to do is have a positive attitude. I do really, really think if there's any place to start and you're, you know, you're dealing with a lot of these issues, I think you absolutely have to start with trying to figure out why are you stressed and why are you exhausted? Or why are you stressed and how do you, you know, make yourself not stressed? How do you feel not exhausted? So stress and exhaustion are two things that no matter what you're going to be doing, say you're going on this crazy protocol, you've actually at this point seen a functional medicine practitioner, they have you on supplements, you're doing, you're going through the motions. If you're stressed and exhausted, you're never ever going to heal or get better. I hate to tell you this, but that's true. Your stress component of cortisol leading to inflammation, stressing out your adrenals, it's just going to inhibit and push down all the efforts that you're making. So I would really try and figure out what is causing you stress, what is causing you to feel so tired, and then, you know, addressing like, okay, if I do anything first, how do I fix those things? If it's with a job, figure out how to mitigate that. If it's because you're not getting to bed and you're working till late in the evening, how do you fix that? Or if it's because you're not sleeping well in general, you just constantly feel tired, you know, then we can start to look at some of the health issues that are maybe causing you to feel exhausted. But those are the two places that I would absolutely start with. And then, you know, I touched on adrenals a little bit, but I think focusing on your adrenals and gut health are the two places where I would absolutely start. And I know that that can be hard when you're still kind of like, okay, well, what does that even mean? But since you've done Whole30, you know the foods that are going to make you kind of react or that you feel sensitive to. I would absolutely continue to keep avoiding those foods, um, especially because they're things like dairy, gluten, um, legumes, you know, things that are probably causing you gut distress. So as we know, digestion is almost everything. So everything starts in your gut. And so many of the other things that you're, you know, happening or that you're feeling like the brain fog, the fatigue, any deficiencies, most often 90% of the time, I would say, or maybe even 99%, I feel confident saying that are coming from your gut problems. So number one, something that's really easy for you to do is kind of focus on your digestion. And we talked a lot about the steps in which to achieve proper digestion in one of our past episodes. Um, But start with like, you know, taking a few deep breaths before you eat. Start and come into that like parasympathetic state, your rest and digest mode. So you can right off the bat at your meal, start to put into play those really good salivary enzymes and amylase and get your HCL up. Um, I would start with maybe trying to take a digestive enzyme to see if that will help with your digestive system. And then I would also add in a probiotic. Again, probiotics, um, you're not taking anything right now, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I don't think everybody needs to be taking anything um, unless you're having issues. So if you're having these issues, I really think a digestive enzyme. I like the Digest Zymes by Designs for Health. And I know Chelsea really likes um, the ones from doTERRA. We can link those in the show notes. So a digestive enzyme and then a probiotic. I really love Megaspore. Um, That would be my recommendation to you to start. Um, And then another thing that you can do kind of answering your apple cider vinegar question is to help build up your stomach acid by doing two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar and just a few ounces of water about 15 minutes before each meal. This will additionally help build up your stomach acid, help your body start to produce its own stomach acid so you can able better able to break down these foods when you're eating. Um, So what to test for? This is kind of a loaded question because when you're kind of starting from the beginning and you have all these symptoms, like where do you even start? 
I would say we talked about this a lot um, last episode, and the episode would be episode seven. We talked about finding the right practitioner, and I will list this again in the show notes, but if you're going in for a physical and just kind of like, hey, I need to get a good overall marker of like where my body's at, I have a whole list of a comprehensive list that you should test for, but these include things like your total cholesterol, a lipid panel, your inflammatory markers, your liver function, your blood sugar, your thyroid panel, even vitamin D, iron and ferritin, and then some nutrients like B vitamins, B12, um, and then doing, you know, women, hormone, progesterone, all of that. So those are kind of a list that we'll include here. But another thing that I think is really interesting to do that can be really telling aside from blood work is to do a stool test. So the one that I recommend, there's two that I would recommend actually, but I'm finding that the doctor's data is a really good test to do because in that test, it'll tell you what you respond well to, which I think is huge. (laughs) My first go around when I did mine, I was taking supplements that actually my body was like not even responding to. So berberine and oil of oregano are two things that I did for a protocol previously for SIBO and turns out I don't really respond to those. So a lot of that, not that it was wasted or it didn't do anything, but I, you know, time well spent could have been maybe taking other supplements. So with doctor's data, it'll give you, if there is an issue, only if there's an issue, if you have any yeast overgrowth, bacterial overgrowth, it'll tell you what supplements your body's going to respond to. And then if you do decide to do like an antibiotic route, it'll tell you what prescriptions or medications, antibiotics that your body's going to respond to. So that's a really cool test that I think is a good thing to start out with. You can get those tests through either a functional doctor or sometimes an acupuncturist. Um, Chelsea and I were just chatting about how, you know, practitioners like she and I, how we can get these tests into our hands and make it affordable and available to our clients because I think that would be hugely helpful. So that's kind of where I would start when you're just trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Start with addressing your stress then work towards, you know, attacking why are you stressed? And then I would focus on your gut health. I would focus on restoring your adrenals. You know, some of the adaptogenic herbs that we've talked about previously that, yes, if you have actual legit issues and you're using them for good reasons, they can be amazing. Really great support to help you kind of like Um, you know, reduce that cortisol because that's what your adrenals do. They produce cortisol. So ashwagandha, there's chaga, there's even supplements that you can take. There's, um, I forget exactly who it's by, but um, it's called Adrenal. Um, I'll find it and link it in the show notes, but um, I use a lot of biotics products. Um, ADB5 Plus is a good one. ADHS is a good one. So to decide what you're going to need for adrenals specifically, um, I would work with someone to figure that out. Don't just kind of like throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Um, but you know, you can personally in turn do a lot of stress management yourself. Um, and then another book that goes kind of to tie this all in together, a book that I really, really like, and I know Chelsea's, I think, read a little bit of it now, or all of it, I don't know, but it's called Happy Weight, and it's by another fellow NTP. Her name is Danielle Delavalle. She is amazing, awesome. Her perspective on weight and self-love like love and body image is fantastic, so I highly recommend giving that a read to kind of, you know, if you're going to go into something, if you're trying to just wrap your head around, why do I feel 
so bogged down by, you know, the stress of my body and my, my image, that's a really good place to start as well. Awesome. And yes, never hesitate to reach out to either Allie or I, if you need any further support, we would love to help you and anyone else listening who resonates with either of us. Um, Allie and I both do work one-on-one with clients virtually. You can live anywhere in the world and we would love to support you guys if you're feeling like you need a little bit more help around a lot of this stuff, especially with body image and self-love and getting to the root of your health issues. So on that note, thank you for these fantastic questions. We have a few more questions that we are waiting to get to to answer. So if you have submitted one, don't worry, we've got it in the queue. And if you would like to submit a question, you can email it to us at nutritionishpodcast@gmail.com. at or head on over to the web to our website and click under the submit a question tab. We've made it super, super easy for you guys to fill everything out and submit a question. And that website, nutritionishpodcast.com, is linked on our Instagrams to find it's super easy to find them. And please be sure to leave us a rating and review. And do not forget about the One Stop Paleo Shop giveaway. So you have until Sunday, May 6th to get your snapshot of your review in to win either a Swedish or savoryish box that Allie and I have curated just for you with One Stop Paleo Shop. So you can do that over on iTunes or through your podcast app. And we would love to see, we are just like loving seeing your reviews. Thank you guys so much. For more from me, Chelsea, head to nutritionwithchelsea.com. Follow me over on Instagram at nutritionwithchelsea. And more from Allie, head to barefoodnutrition.com and follow her at barefoodnutrition. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.